everybody, my name is McKay Wadsworth, and welcome to my podcast. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah, I hope you guys like that little fantasy intro, because that's kind of like the genre that I've been writing about right now. So that's kind of what I wanted to do with this podcast, is I just want to talk about um, my current writing projects um, I'm working on. And as the years fluctuate, it's definitely going to change as I write different things, and I publish different things, so I'm really excited to um, partake of this journey to be a um, aspiring author slash um, future author, because I know it is possible, it just takes time, it's a lot of time, um, but I wanted to make this podcast to kind of talk to you about the process it has it has taken me, and uh, the journey, and the, the struggles, and just kind of like everything that a self-publisher has to deal with um, to prepare, but I also kind of wanted to to give you guys some background information on what my book is about, uh, how did I get here, and uh, what were kind of like my beginnings. And so with this first episode, <clears throat> we're going to kind of talk about that, um, what my first beginnings were as a writer, and uh, what my current project is, and where I plan on taking it. And yeah, so let's dive right in. So when I was uh, a little guy, third grade, I, I grew up in a small little school, and my dad was actually my teacher. So I had a lot of really cool things and <laughs> also embarrassing things happen to me um, while my dad was a teacher. Um, one of the great things was that my dad really established um, a deep love for me in writing. Uh, I remember there was a class assignment where we had a personal narrative in which we had to write an embarrassing story or something about ourselves. And my dad laminated what we wrote and he bound it. And it was such a really great experience for me. And I wrote a story called The Naked Boy. And in this story I talked about when I was little, I was really into Tarzan and I'd swing on these um, these bushes, these thick bushes, and I would hang upside down. And on the hem of my pants, I fell and the branch caught the pant, the sweats, and I was just hanging upside down for heaven knows how long, yelling for my mom, and eventually I fell, and my sweats got stuck in the tree, and I was in my underwear on the cold uh, fall ground, and I tried to get in my house, and my mom locked the door for some weird reason in our small town, which never happens, and uh, I remember we had an elementary assembly in which we could, like, the top people of that class were selected and my dad selected me and I think another girl named Grace Maxwell and we read our stories and I had people laughing in the audience and it was just a really surreal experience to create something like that and have people enjoy it so in the third and fourth grade I was really I really enjoyed writing it was a super fun thing for me and it really caught me in 2008 when I was in fifth grade yeah these these are young years usually when people talk about oh what's starting to I mean it was that little I remember I was that young um 12 years ago I started my book and it's it was originally called the hidden cave right now it doesn't have a title because I'm still working out the the kinks of that um but it was originally called the hidden cave And my teacher at the time was named Mr. Henshaw. And Mr. Henshaw would have us uh, do some creative writing segments in which 
um, he would pick out some students to share what they wrote. And so um, I felt like I was one of his favorited students, one of his favorited pupils to, uh, to share my work. And I really enjoyed making stuff that people would like in my class. A lot of people were horse people because I lived in Idaho and a lot of them were farmers and ranchers and they just enjoyed that thing. And a lot of my stuff that I was writing, I knew that they probably wouldn't really like. And so I made a story kind of like a Billy and Blaze fantasy. So I get a little bit of what I like and a little bit of what they like. And that's what started my book <clears throat> was this Billy and Blaze type of uh, beginning where a boy and his horse get transported through this Narnia-like portal into a fantasy realm. And they have their adventures and things like that. So it was a very, very different book than than it what it would than what it is now in my first draft, which is almost done. So um, I'm going to be finishing up my first draft, and then I'm going to start the editing process. So that's really exciting. Uh, but there was a lot of inspirations for this. So I when I was writing the Hidden Cave, my dad during the time was reading to me. Um, a book called John Carter written by Edgar Rice Burroughs. And I feel like that was a really large, um, a huge inspiration to me. Edgar Rice Burroughs is a fantastic author. And he he had a very interesting take on um, interspecies relations because he was a very strong racist. <laughs> so I didn't want to create racism in my books, but he definitely created this world in which people accepted others and um, and declined others, very similar to our common world that we see today with racism. So I thought that was very interesting. He had aliens that were green-skinned, red-skinned, yellow-skinned, and there was John Carter who was white, and he had these extraordinary powers. And of course, there was a lot of hidden messaging behind his writing, but one of the things I just really loved was the barbarity of the world. I mean, it was just a really raw experience. John Carter was not thrust into C.S. Lewis's Narnia or anything like that. These aliens tried to kill him, and he looked at them with distaste, and he fought back, and he killed them, and, you know, he, he was dealing with that. And I really enjoyed that reading this or listening to my dad read this to me as a child especially Tarzan. I really enjoyed Tarzan. My dad I told you guys, like, I was really into Tarzan. That's what caused me to be into the tree. But that was a cartoon um, created by Disney. But my dad was like, oh, if you like the cartoon, then I'm going to read you the book by Edgar Rice Burroughs. So later, he read me Tarzan. Same kind of experience. I mean, I was really enveloped with this really barbaric world in which a character had to survive. And you looked at it like, oh, my gosh, if I was sent there, I would totally die, you know, type of an experience. And so I was really into that um, changing worlds type of thing. Like in my original version of my book, um, the character is in modern world, very similar to John Carter's Civil War times, or following pre um, post Civil War, and then he's teleported through a portal to this world. It was very similar to John Carter or Narnia, if you want to compare the two. Um, yeah, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs was a very, very strong um, influence for me in the beginnings of my story. And uh, another huge influence to me, I mean, it's really weird when I was watching when I was a kid, but in middle school, my, my family, we were really into the Jason Bourne movies, the, the Jason Bourne trilogy. Loved those movies. And I also loved Harry Potter. And it was really interesting because as a young kid, I was looking at these characters 
and and this really heavily inspired my main character now, not so then. But Jason Bourne lost his memory, and one of the things I really liked about his character was that the the reader or the watcher of these films, you're looking at this character. And you have no idea what is going on. You're learning everything with him. And I thought that was a very engrossing thing for a reader to have, was to to have this type of universe in which you don't know anything and you're learning with the, the main protagonist. And um, with Harry Potter, it's the same way. He knows nothing about magic. You know, you're, they're talking about Quidditch. He's like, huh, what? What's Quidditch? And you're doing the same thing, huh, what, what's Quidditch? And they explain it to Harry, and, you know, and intentionally, the author is explaining it to you what it is. And I thought that was just really, really solid character writing and development. So, um, at the time, when I was in fifth grade, I didn't do this, but now, a lot of my characters are centered around that. The main character does have a memory loss situation, and he's trying to remember who he is. And his arc kind of develops um, as he's trying to recognize his, uh, his who, who he is and what his past was and what he needs to do in the future to help um, influence his world. So that was a huge uh, influence for me. Uh, uh, yeah, the fantasy genre, of, of course, I had uh, huge influences from Lord of the Rings. You know, like, I don't know a single fantasy author that doesn't take some sort of hint or um, nod of reference to J.R. Tolkien's work. Um, so that was a huge influence for me. Uh, actually, a large influence as well was on a video game. Yeah, a video game. It's called Skyrim. It's made by Bethesda. It was a Norse type of game in which there were lots of different species like Lord of the Rings. Um, but they all lived coherently in this, in this world called Skyrim. And you, the main character or this bestowed warrior, you know, this this hero arc of which you're the destined one, the chosen one to bring balance to the universe. And so you're playing out and you're maneuvering through the world. And I was just so um, trapped in this universe. I was like, wow, this video game is fantastic. I love the story. Um, but I also knew that because it was an RPG that the story was lacking in a sense because the character couldn't really talk. You were given certain options to choose what you could do within the story, whereas like huge RPG games like Mass Effect where amazing stories of far superior RPG compared to um, Skyrim, but just not fantasy oriented. I wanted to create um, a, a universe like that where species were interrelated and it wasn't like um, Edgar Rice Burroughs or J.R. Tolkien where you have races that are just completely against each other. Now, of course, in the lore of my story, that was a thing, you know, like people that are different sometimes do argue, as we can see within our common world, and especially in my world, the universe that I created. But for the most part, the, a lot of the species trade and intermingle decently well. And that's what I really liked with, uh, with Skyrim, was that there were all these races, orcs, you know, were talking with humans, and they didn't have any issues, you know. Um, but... I, I mean, for certain, there were races that had certain tastes and preferences over another. And uh, I feel like that would be unrealistic for some racism not to be involved in a story, um, especially when there's different cultural backgrounds, religious backgrounds in Skyrim. And that's kind of like the same in my book. Um, but 
very strong inspiration from that video game, which is uh, which is really interesting. A lot of inspiration from Conan. I never really got super deep into Conan, but um, there are a lot of barbarians and stuff in my first book, and a lot of uh, barbaric tones um, that can be seen within my story. Um, a lot of that was taken from there. Another book that I really enjoyed in my youth was a book called Pro Killer, and it's actually a historical true story about um, the mountain man known as Jeremiah Johnson. And my main character uh, is heavily focused on Jason Bourne, um, Jeremiah Johnson, in which they are, you know, entrapped. Well, Jeremiah Johnson was this mountaineer, you know, he's an expert of the mountains. He he marries um, a Native American and deals a lot with tragedy in that sense. And so I wanted to create, I really loved that character and I kind of wanted to create an almost a mirror image of him with my main character, Manthus. And so that's the main character's name is Manthus. Um, I don't know where I came up with that name. <laughs> so then you're like, wow, Manthus. I don't know if, it, if someone else has it or used it. I don't know. Like, I, I always have liked that name. So that's the main character's name. I don't have an origin story for that. A lot of the names in my stories, a lot of characters I've, I've made up um, on the spot or just randomly. A lot of my characters in fifth grade I came up with. I remember there was a creative writing segment where I literally just came up with random weird names. And a lot of them I want to keep just as kind of a nod to my past self. Like, hey, I'm keeping some of it. I didn't change everything. But um that was a large, huge inspiration. Um, yeah, 12 years ago, it was just like this Billion Blaze horse book. And then I slowly had a lot of these inspirations. I, I watched Lord of the Rings. I read um, The Sword of Shannara by Terry Brooks. Um, I I had a, I read some of The Wheel of Time. I kind of gotten a, a taste of what I wanted in fantasy and what I didn't want in a fantasy. And... I, I noticed that I was trying to find these fantasy books and I couldn't find anything I wanted because it hadn't been made yet. And so this book, I'm trying to make that style of fantasy that people hopefully like me are searching for, but just haven't found yet. And so uh, in that sense, I'm, I'm just really trying to create really strong characters um, that have a lot of personality and um, the story... <laughs> It's really funny because my original version of the story was supposed to be this long epic, like the first three Lord of the Rings movies. And then just recently, probably within two months, I realized like, holy cow, I'm going to have to divide these books um, to smaller versions because I I didn't want to create like this Way of Kings, like biblical size book. I'm not saying Bran Sanderson, you know, that's bad, um, but I just wanted to get a book a smaller portion that would people could look at it and say, hey, it's readable, I can do it. <laughs> you know, it's not super crazy. I want to see how well the reception of the first book is taken before I make more massive, huge epics. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be increasing in size, very similar to Harry Potter, but um, 300 to 400 pages is probably what I'm going to be aiming around. So I'm already around like 300-something pages um, toward the latter end of the book, the climax. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, the, it's just, it's changed a lot over 12 years. Um, the Billion Blaze horse book is gone. And so what you can kind of expect within the first book, um, 
I'm, I don't want to spoil too much of it. I mean, I'm going to have a lot of podcasts that are going to be coming and talking about it. <clears throat> but essentially, the first book talks about Mantis. And so Mantis is, he wakes up in the woods and a lot of uh, people of a tribe find him. And so Mantis has zero memory of who he is. A lot of the tribes um, have their own specific religions and deities that they follow. And a lot of the people that find him think that he is evil and think that he should be steered away from. Um, but there is a man whose name is Sartis who becomes Mantis's adopted father who thinks that Mantis is, you know, something more. And you find out why, particularly why he wants to, um, to take Mantis. There's actually a deeper meaning behind all of that. Don't want to necessarily... I, I think what I'll do is I'll talk about that in a later podcast. I'm going to start talking about specific characters and inspirations. I've talked a lot about Mantis. I feel like a lot of inspiration um, for Mantis, like I said, was based off of Jermaine Johnson, Jason Bourne. Um, but he he's taken into this tribe... And, and it's similar to a sense of, like, Dancing with Wolves, Dances with Wolves, or Avatar, the Blue People movie, you know, where um, the character is adjusting to this new world. And so the reader is, like I said previously, with Harry Potter and other books, I wanted to create that learn with the character type of reading. <clears throat> you know, the character has no idea what the characters are talking, uh, the other people are talking about. And with plot slowly coming forward, you're learning with him what is going on. And so Manthus is learning about this universe and then this tribe of these barbarian-like people. And there's a lot of problems going on, and Manthus is trying to find his own identity, and doing so causes him to be in danger and causes others to be in danger. And uh, it opens up a whole whirlpool full of problems. And so it's kind of what the first book is. Um, So far, like... I mean, coming to the end of my first draft, it's kind of interesting because, like I said, I was picturing this to be a lot longer. Um, but coming up to the 400-page mark, I feel like putting an end cap there and then starting the second book later is probably the wiser decision. Um, looking back at all the editing I have to do is just kind of a... It's just a huge, huge thing for me to, um, to grasp my head around because I know it needs to be done, but... I just, oh, it's so scary because I have to fix a lot of things. As I've been writing continuously, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to fix this with this character or edit that with this. Um, but it's just kind of, it is kind of frustrating to see how long, like people have always told me, yes, McKay, writing a book is extremely hard and I'm going to do it. But I think the frustrating thing is um, just the editing process. Um, I am planning on self-publishing my book. And there are already a lot of um, huge hurdles that I'm going to have to figure out. One of the hurdles is um, editing. Um, I found out recently, you know, just through personal research, that hiring an editor is like $1,500 to $500. And just being a poor college student, there's just no way I can afford that. There's just no way. So right now I'm just trying to figure out, like, how to edit this thing. Um, I've had a lot of people that have been really kind, that have shown a lot of interest in my book throughout the years, that have expressed interest, like saying, hey, I want to I read this, I want to get feedback, and I want to edit it. And so I feel like that is going to be the best way, and I feel like publishing my book, <clears throat> you know, with these people, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, not feeling my best today, um, with a lot of these 
with the editing that has to, to continue. I mean, I know that there's going to be stuff when I publish it that's not going to be totally 100% fixed. And so I have to kind of like accept that, um, especially within my current financial state. I don't have a super huge career right now. Um, I don't have the money saved up to do this, but I want to just get it done so that way I can continue on with other works I want to do. I just want to keep writing. And I think that's like the most important thing for me as a writer is that I don't want to be blocked because of financial means or um, simply because I was doubtful because my grammar was not 100%. Like, of course, you got to have great grammar. I really, I think sometimes, like, for me as a writer, and especially with my lack of knowledge, I, I, I think grammar is always something I can work on. But for me personally, I just feel like it has kept me from writing what I want to write for so long that I'm like, okay, enough. I got to just write this down and, and do it. And then um, by doing this, like creating a podcast, having a monthly email list, you know, having you guys helping me out make this a success is going to be the key here since I literally have no funding or backing to do it. So that's something that is kind of just a huge hurdle for me right now <clears throat> is uh, the editing process. I mean, paying for an IBSN number for a paperback book using Amazon to distribute it, you know, I've watched videos that doesn't look anything super difficult. I feel like I can handle that. Finding a cover artist to, to do for my book, I don't feel like that's going to be a super huge tri uh, trial. I have a lot of friends who are artists and family members that are artists that are super talented I want to talk to. Um, but the hurdle of editing is just so massive for me. And lack of knowledge plus just the financing to do it is just wild. So that's kind of like the current struggle right now. Um, right now I'm kind of finishing up chapter 18 of my book. Um, in which there is a huge battle that takes place. Uh, and I'm really kind of worried about how the pacing of the battle is going to go because I want to make sure that it's concluded really well in a nice little package. And so just kind of like working on that as I finish up, I'm trying not to rush it. I'm taking it like a couple hours at a time, mostly just because I'm in college and I have classes I have to take, you know, just don't have that much time to write during the winter. Um, but I try to write every day. I, I'm just trying to basically pace myself and making sure that I'm not rushing the ending because I don't want to do that. I don't have a page requirement I'm trying to do. Um, I'm not having a goal for how many words I want to publish within this book. Um, but I definitely do want to make sure that the ending is a wrapped up package. And when people finish it, they're going to say, hey, I'm ready for book two. One of the, the main questions that I've been asking myself right now is after writing my first book, it has been such an adventure um, creating the characters and creating the world. I, I, uh, I want to write something else. And the thing is, I have been working on this one book for 12 years. It has been an exhausting experience, um, especially perfecting the first book. And there's going to be many books. Don't worry. I'm going to write them. But I kind of want to try, um, I want to try to put my fist, my hand in Western sci-fi. That's been a huge um, genre on my mind lately, is trying out that genre. I, I'm a huge fan of Firefly, and I've, I've tried to find Western sci-fi books, but all I've been able to find is really great Westerns. Right now I'm reading a book 
by Louis L'Amour, and I love his writing. I love his Western stylistic type of writing, and I want to create that, but with a sci-fi twist. Um, I have other sci-fi ideas in mind that I want to do. One of them is somewhat similar to Ender's Game that I've been thinking about. I have a book that I've been working on. It's kind of similar based off of my wife that I want to do. I have lots of ideas, lots of stuff that I want to create. Um, but right now my main question is, uh, once I'm done editing this thing and once I'm done writing and finishing up the final draft of this book, should I write the next one? And the thing is, like, just having a diversity of doing it is nice. But I feel like for people, like, especially if people like it, then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, not, don't get me wrong, I'm really excited for your next, you know, Western sci-fi book, but I want to read the next book of the story that you just made. So I don't know if I want to like just ham out all of these books or take breaks and write something else in between just so I don't tire myself and so that my ideas are still fresh and I'm still excited about the work. So pacing with writing the books, I feel like it's going to be um, something interesting as well. Uh, but I'm really excited about the journey I have ahead. Um, with my next episode next week, I'll probably be diving more into um, characters and inspiration for specific characters. I've talked a lot about the main character, Mantis, today. I think he's really the only character I've shed light on. And maybe going a little bit more into influencing on the characters and uh, kind of stuff like that. So next week, I'm going to try to do this every week, just creating a podcast of where I am in my book. Um, if you guys are interested <clears throat> in um, getting a monthly newsletter about what's going on with my book, or if you would like to uh, read a chapter or two and give me feedback, you know, I would be happy to send you something. And you can read some of my works, uh, something where I'm at. Uh, mind you, there are lots of, lots of issues. It is indeed um, the first draft. So <laughs> keep that in mind. I will be changing a lot of things. But yes, I, uh, you can find my email on Facebook, or if you want to personally message me and ask me, um, you can email, you can message me your email, and I can put you on the week monthly newsletter, and uh, I can send you what I have and give you news updates. But um, just really, I just like making this podcast to kind of tell you more about my book and uh, current works that I'm thinking about. But if you guys like this, please follow me on Spotify and Instagram. You can find me on Author McKay Wadsworth or Author McKay Wads on Instagram or on Facebook. Please follow me there. Um, but I'm really, really excited to uh, share more with you guys about my book, still untitled. <laughs> my 2008 title is The Hidden Cave. So I guess we'll go with that for right now. But I'm really excited to do this. Um, if you guys have any questions, like I said, message me. Uh, have a great week. Stay healthy. It's a wild time right now, and we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. I'm going to be writing.